0: Unfortunately, we're still locked down here in the Baton Rouge area, so we have to do another recorded show. We hope you enjoy it. You won't be able to call in, but you can always hit us at the website. It's www.agcoauto.com. Hope you enjoy the show. Well, good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldezan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, two two of us, we will try to answer any automotive question you might have. What's going go you call us, call us 291-6901 that get your right straight to us.
1: That's right, and you put a 225 in front of that, you can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. We would love to hear from you, get a different perspective of what's going on around the country. Weather couldn't be too much prettier anywhere else than it is here. A little
0: bit cloudy, but gorgeous. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we know it's, it's fixing to warm up was, considerably in just the not-too-distant future. I was
1: just fixing to say, it's fixing to come a shower or two this weekend. So That's right. bar is supposed to be pretty much a washout, but... There's always stuff to do inside.
0: That's a fact. Ain't as long as I don't have to get out there, hey, I'm fine. There you go. <laughs> and all those four folks who have to get out and muddle around in the rain, well. I know. Hey, I'm sorry for you, man. That's it. <laughs> hey, let's go straight to our fall lines with Bruce. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning.
2: How's it going? Doing great, Good morning. I'm good. Question: that I hope you can answer that I just don't understand well, about sure this right. fuel problem we've been having lately. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I haven't had any problem myself, but okay. I keep hearing about bent push rods and valves, and
0: that's one possibility. Bad fuel cause that. Well, what's happening, Mr. Bruce, is Exxon has not said what's in it, but it has something in it that causes the valves to stick in the guides. Now. If you took care of the problem early on, the first time it started idling rough and getting hard to start, if you came in, say, week before last, when it first started, we ran some stuff through there, cleaned the valves, and you probably had no further issues. The folks who are having trouble are those who just said, oh, well, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Now, what happens as it stays in the valves stick more and more and more. Now, eventually, on a Chevy pickup is what I'm assuming you're talking about because that's the one mostly has that problem or Chevy V8, should I say, our GM V8, when that valve sticks bad enough, when the lifter comes up, it will collapse the lifter. Now, when the lifter collapses, there's excessive gap. When the lifter goes back down, the push rod can actually slip out of the rocker arm. Next turn around, it pushes it up on the side of the rocker, which buckles the devil out of that push rod. And that's what we're starting to see a good bit. That only began this week. Prior week, all we did was clean the valves, and we were good. As it stays in there longer, it looks like it's causing more problems. We fixed probably... I know of four last week. Yeah, four or five of them this week with the bent push rods, and I imagine next week it'll probably get a little worse. Now, on the 4.2 liter... Which uh, is the the straight inline six, right. Like in the trailblazers and stuff, they have an even much worse problem. That one is an overhead cam engine, but it has a really goofy setup. The way the lifter is designed, when that lifter collapses, it actually pushes out the rock arm. The rock arm actually comes out of the engine. And it starts missing real bad. It can even bend a valve. We've got one in there right now with a bent intake valve in it just from that problem. So the problem is getting worse for those who didn't take care of it early on. And, of course, the early fix was just get it in, clean the valves, start diluting fuel immediately, and then you're good. Okay. But we are seeing more problems this week, and probably we'll see a little more next week. Now, the fuel should be out of the area by now. It was a about two or three weeks ago that it was introduced. By now, even the slowest-moving stations have exhausted that fuel.
2: Okay, so what you're saying is the valves are sticking open and the piston's hitting them. Well, no, it sir. can
0: stick open or it can stick closed. It's not going to hit the piston. It's not an interference engine. What it does is sticks closed. But when the cam comes around, it has to push the valve open. Okay. Now, it's not you. stuck too bad. It just pops free, which I is what it, what it was mean. doing. This time, what it's doing is collapsing the lifter. Now, it collapses that lifter. That's what brings on the big okay. pushrod issue.
2: Because I've never been accused of being smart, and I just couldn't understand well, I, what I accused was you of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right, Mr. Bruce. Right, thanks now. for calling, man. Two nine one sixty nine oh one is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would absolutely love to have you. And we've got Frank online. Good morning, Frank.
2: Good morning, Lewis. This is an out of town situation, okay. but uh, I'm helping a friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He had a he's got a 2008 Government Motors Acadia. Okay. And the transmission just went out. Yes, sir. It was diagnosed as the three five reverse clutch wavy plate came apart, resulting in the deposition of metal throughout the transmission. Okay, uh-huh. The dealership, it's got about 114,000 miles yes, sir. on it. Mm-hmm. Dealership estimate was a rebuilt transmission, 3857, Okay.
0: and a new transmission is forty six. Okay, well, back up, because probably not a new transmission, Frank. Generally, the only way to get a new transmission is buy a new car. It's going to be a GM remanufactured transmission.
2: Either way, it's going to be the rebuilt. Yeah. In other words, they, don't know, they must be blowing smoke if they... Well, them a new- sometimes
0: the customer misunderstands. <clears throat> They'll say this is a GM transmission. He assumes it's new. But for the most part, there are a handful of new transmissions. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes when they just tear up so bad they can't rebuild them, they will produce some and put them out to new transmissions. The vast majority of what's available, though, is a remanufactured coming from GM, Ford, Chrysler, Toyota, whomever. And sometimes those are represented as new, but they're not. They're actually remanufactured. So I would clarify that, is this really new or is this remanufactured? And actually, Frank, I like a remanufactured that's properly done as well or better than a new one. You know, the new one only went 114,000 miles, and I've seen them fail a lot sooner. If it's remanufactured properly, it's got fixes in there the new one didn't have. For instance, when we rebuild one in-house, there are several things we do to update it and upgrade it where the problems won't happen again. So a remand can actually be better than new.
2: Okay. Well, they, they had a uh, difference in the warranty on the thing, too. They had like a one-year warranty on the rebuilt, and then... Three-year, 100,000 on the other? Uh, no, two years him.
0: Well see that doesn't make too too much sense to me because General Motors remand transmissions come with three year one hundred thousand mile. The rebuild they're talking about, they're probably I think he's misunderstanding what they're saying. They're probably talking about either repairing or rebuilding his in the house is the first number. And the second is a remand transmission from GM. But that should be three year one hundred thousand in most cases. You could verify that, but that's what we find and there's when I install our GM remand transmission, it has a three year one hundred thousand mile warranty on it.
2: Oh okay. Well that's that's good information. And those
0: prices seem a little high, but of course in a dealership they're gonna be high, so well he, he you may know, just get a second opinion on that.
2: Well you know the thing he had some he had to replace a coil mm-hmm. but by- Two three months ago, yes, and they did the hundred thousand mile checkup, and they did the one of the items, like you say, a, a wallet flush. And yes, they sir. G- gave it a transmission
3: flush.
0: Yeah, well, that did absolutely no good.
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah and that see, vehicle you know, is not one of GM's best vehicles. No, I like can not. tell you that those things are extremely problematic. Man, they have nothing but trouble with them. And...
1: They got engine trouble, trans yeah, troubles. If the tra-
0: engine hadn't gone out yet. It's yeah, pretty it's lucky. fixing too.
2: Well, it left us stranded in Toledo Bend back in October yeah. with the water pump went out. Yeah,
0: Personally, Frank, I would not spend the money to fix that car because it's a problematic car. I would try to trade it as is, or if you fix it, fix it and sell it. I yeah. just hate that car. It's it's one of GM's worst flops, in my opinion.
2: Okay, well, that's good information. Uh, that, that was what we were leading toward, was yes, going sir. ahead yeah. and get the thing running and be able to trade it in. He could retur- uh, trade it in with the shot transmission. Or? You
0: could, but they're not going to give you much for it. You get, get very little for it. I mean, you you're might gonna, just ask them for some numbers. In way, you're not going to get much. You're going to lose no. any way it goes. If you fix it, you're going to lose. If you don't fix it, you, I mean, you lost the money when you bought the vehicle. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're just paying it off right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just realizing it now. That's you, right.
2: you got to know when to hold them and when to fold yeah, them. Yeah, right. any
0: new car is a losing proposition. You're not going to buy any new car and make money on it. I mean, that's a fallacy that Wall Street tries to push on right. us or... Fifth Avenue, I guess, wherever the advertising guys are. But you're going to lose money anytime you buy a car. But some cars, you're going to lose a whole lot more. And this is a losing proposition. You After you fix this, the motor will be next, and the air conditioner will be after that, or vice versa. Yeah.
1: And you got to watch it, too, because that model was produced all through the GM line. Some oh, of those Chevrolet components. has one. Buick has one. Saturn has one. Had one. Yeah, had one. So you got to be careful when you actually buy it, because you may end up buying it again in a different model. Different yeah, well,
2: I, don't, <clears throat> I don't think he's going to be going with a GM. Yeah, I don't yeah, blame well, him. Well, I there. don't blame him. <laughs> I really don't blame him. I don't blame him there. <laughs> okay, well, look, I appreciate the information,
0: Listen. All right, Frank. All thanks right, for calling, it, man. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, we sure love to hear from you. Number's 291 Stick a 225 in front of that. Reach us from anywhere in the continental United States, and we'd appreciate having you call.
1: Sure, and if you happen not to want to call and be on the radio today or maybe think of something after we go off the air or even next week, you can go to the website and get your questions answered that way. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com. Easy way to remember that is to take the acronyms Altazan's Garage Company and get you to our site. And there is a contact bar on each and every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night and get it back within 24 hours. That's right. And sometimes a whole lot faster if I just happen to be sitting at the computer, which
0: I am quite often. It just depends on what
1: time of the day. Huh? <laughs>
0: That's right. Any time during the working day, which I consider about 5 in the morning to uh, 8 at night. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> After that, you probably going to see me snoozing. So give us a call, and i try to help you out. And while you're on that site, lots of other good things you can do. You might want to look at the detailed topics. I put one on this morning. And it pertains to transmission problems, but not just your normal article on transmission problems, about this goes wrong, that goes wrong, and so on. This is a way that you can spot pending transmission problems or okay. spot
1: problems before they happen. That's great, because if you can fix it before it tears, up, tears up, up, right, and you can save a whole lot of money that way.
0: Well, at very least, you're not going to be inconvenienced of being stranded somewhere on the road, maybe have a big old record bill. Plus, you're in command. I heard you say last week, you're going to choose when you fix it. Correct, And that's a huge advantage if you're halfway between here and who knows where, out of town, and your car breaks, you really out of your element. Sure. And you have to find someone without knowing a whole lot about what's available and so on. Not only that, but if you have a major repair done away from home, let's say everything goes good, but you get back home, and six months later there's a problem with that repair, even though it's under warranty, it may be warranted at the shop you had repaired, which is now very inconvenient to go back to. Correct. So by spotting problems before they actually fail – You're, number one, going to probably save money getting it fixed because it's not going to be as severe. Right. You're not going to be stranded. And you get to pick shop where it's done so you can pick somewhere that's convenient for you. On this particular article, it's a two-part article. Next week we'll give you more things to look for. But this talks about watching your tachometer and your speedometer Uh to learn the pattern of shifts that your transmission makes. Now, the transmission shifts at least – Well, it depends on what you got, four-speed, five-speed, six-speed, but it shifts several times. Each time it does, if you learn to watch the tachometer, it's very subtle, but you can see the shift, and you can see when it shifts, and you can see how it shifts and how long it takes to shift. You can also spot a slip in your transmission, which is very devastating by watching the tachometer. Correct. Because it's real easy to be misled. A lot of people think their transmission is slipping, but they are actually mistaking that for something else. So if you learn to watch that tachometer and the speedometer, almost every car has a tachometer, but most drivers really don't understand exactly what it is, or at least they don't understand the full significance of the tachometer. Right,
1: all how, the uses for how it. How
0: handy it can be for you as a diagnostic tool. But if you learn to watch these things, you can spot very, very subtle things way before it's going to even set a check engine light Because the computer is designed to hide the symptoms from the client.
1: Right. It's designed to keep that vehicle moving.
0: That's right. And when it starts to slip, it's going to boost the pressure. And so it's going to try to prevent the slip, but it knows there's something wrong. Correct. Now, what you may notice is a harsher shift. In other words, it may shift a little harder because the pressure's high. Well, that's a tip that, hey, something's going wrong here. Mm -hmm. When you turn the key off, you turn it back on, it resets. So if you just disregard it, the problem is still there. So if you learn to watch those sorts of things, a lot of times you can come in. We had a fellow, and he said it was delaying going into third gear, and when it shifted, it shifted kind of hard. Okay. Which was pretty astute of him to catch that. Right. And what he had was a spring in the accumulator had broken, so what it was doing, it was actually skipping second gear. The first gear would wind up a little faster, and then when it shifted into third, it would jump over second, so it was a little harsher shift. Uh-huh. And, I mean, you have to be watching for it. But he was used to his car, and he said, "This is, and we went in, we dropped the valve body, changed the one spring. Now, had he not caught that and continued to drive it, he most likely would have been into a rebuild and not sure. too much time. But because this particular gentleman knew the way his car normally drew, he knew something was wrong right away. And a relatively small fix, I want to say a couple, a couple hundred, hundred dollars, as opposed to maybe $4,000 right. to completely rebuild a transmission and possibly even be stranded somewhere. Hey, we got to take a quick little break. Frank, you hold on. You'll be straight up after this break.
3: Plan to move west.
4: Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can you recommend a masseuse? Oh, have I got a massage guy, Johan Thundercloud. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing, along with the piercing eagle claw technique, working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. <laughs> When you hear that, you know it's working. I
5: bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at Agco Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about Agco's General Inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance, so your car will perform for the long term.
4: One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know.
5: Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back.
0: If you're joining us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alcanzan. I also got Mr. Brian Terry, lead tech from Agco, right here by my side. And just before the break, we were... Talking just a bit about about transmission transmissions and and so on. And now we got Frank online. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning.
6: While we are on the subject of transmissions, there must be transmission (laughs) It Sounds like (laughs) it. I have a two thousand one Cadillac Deville. Okay. Ninety five thousand miles. Yes, sir. About a month ago, I got a service transmission message board indicator, not an engine light, but a message indicator. on okay, message. yes, sir. The message indicated that there was a fourth gear ratio issue, mm-hmm. inappropriate for something of that nature.
0: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.
6: Does that sound like something? I know we have to do a test on it and diagnose it, but what does that sound like to you, and how do we go about correcting
0: it? Frank, that can be any of several hundred different things, maybe not even a transmission problem at all. What? is occurring is that there is a sensor an input sensor on the engine crankshaft and it knows how fast the crankshaft is turning there is another sensor on the output shaft of the transmission now when it's in fourth gear they're both supposed to be turning at certain speeds relative to each other and the computer is watching that now when for some reason the two sensors do not agree then it's going to set a fourth gear ratio code now, a lot of people freak out, and they're like, oh, my God, it must be this, it must be that. No, it doesn't have to be anything. It could be as simple as a squirrel's gotten an chewed wire off the sensor, and now it can't see that sensor, so the two sensors don't agree. It could be a bad sensor. It could be a slip inside the transmission. It could also be an engine misfire, because of the engine's misfiring, the crankshaft speed is erratic, and it can't agree with the output speed sensor, so... There's lots and lots of things that it can be. I wouldn't freak out just yet. The worst thing is that the transmission is slipping and it's going to burn up and you have to buy a transmission. I mean, that is a possibility, but it is certainly not the only possibility. and It's probably not even the most common possibility. So you're just going to have to get it to someone you know and trust. And that is a big thing is know and trust because the wrong guy could tell you where you need a transmission, whereas you may not at all.
1: We have actually had vehicles come in with new transmissions, and like Lewis was saying, it, had a, bad, it had a bad wire on it. Yeah, someone's already wire, changed or, transmission, right.
0: and there was a wire that was unplugged in the harness somewhere or a broken wire somewhere in the harness. Someone's put a transmission in and still got the same problem. So you have to okay. get to someone who's technically competent, capable of finding the problem, and beyond mm-hmm. that, his honest is going to tell you the truth about it. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a big problem, but it can be. So you there's, just got to find out. Go ahead. There's
6: 95,000 miles seem inappropriate to be having transmission problems. On a or?
0: GM product, absolutely not. Okay. Kind of surprised it made that many. <laughs> I'm just picking what on What type of test does that involve? It takes a number of tests, Frank. It's not a test, and it's not a machine. It's a number of tests by a skilled technician. First thing he's going to do, he's going to go in and put a digital lab scope on it and read the two sensors and see if he's getting input and output. If he's got input and output and they are correct, then he's going to look at a certain series of things. If he does not, he's going to look at a whole different series of things. The next step, if both of those sensors agree, is he's going to do a pressure test on transmission, see if the internal pressure is rising when it should and falling when it should. If it is, then he's going to do a certain set of tests. If it is not, then he's going to do a whole different set of tests. So the old fallacy about put it on the machine, that never, ever existed. That's total blarky. What it is is a skilled technician is like a detective. He starts following the clues, and depending on what the clues tell him, that's what he's going to do. There may be any one of 25 tests we run on that vehicle to find that problem. Depending on what he
1: finds when he first goes in. The
0: next one with the exact same symptom may have 25 different tests we have to run. It just depends on what each test indicates as to where you're going. For instance, if I check it and the sensors are agreeing and the pressure is good, we may have an engine misfire. Well, now we're into checking things on the motor. If the sensors do not agree, we're going to forget all that, and we're into checking sensors and wiring and all that. If there's an internal pressure problem, well, now we're inside the transmission checking pressures and stuff. So on and on and on it goes. It's just you cannot get around a trained man who knows what he's doing checking the car. There's no machine. There's no device. There's no magic formula. It just takes one with skill and understanding of the understanding
1: of the, and understanding of the, of the way process. the system works. Correct.
6: Okay, two quick questions. You bet. On running those tests, and I understand it could be one simple test or or a series of tests. Mm-hmm. What type of range are we talking about price wise I can't tests? tell you
0: how other people charge. The way I charge is per hour. We charge in one tenth of an hour increments. Most of the time I'm gonna find that in an hour or less. However, if it takes me ten minutes it's nine bucks. If it takes me right. a half hour it's forty five dollars, if it takes me an hour it's ninety dollars. I don't know how other shops charge. They all have their own ways of charging, so you just got to check around and see what they're going to charge you.
6: But as a general rule, you can usually figure out what the issue is. Within an, an hour's hour, time,
0: so. I'm going to know what I'm looking for. Now, I may say, okay, Frank, you got an internal transmission problem here. You got no pressure, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Now okay. we got to go into transmission. I may say, hey, you got a broken wire, but I got to find it. I can at least isolate the problem in probably less than an hour.
6: Great. And let's say, worst case scenario.
0: You call Worst case, a new car be got. I'm sorry? Worst case, a new car be got. Okay.
6: All right. Now, All right. Thank you uh, for the information. Does the cost of the test? go towards any repairs. No, sir. no
0: sir. Absolutely not. That is time spent. Yes, that's time that's spent. Anyone who does that is looking to set you up. Right. It okay. takes time. It takes a skilled man. That is the time he spends. He's not going to refund that. That is opinion time he's spent. Right. So, nothing is free. Okay. Nothing is free in this world. And when you hear the word free, look out. Right. You're fixing to get it. Well, well we're going to call
6: you Monday and see if we can't set up an appointment. Sounds These great. Issues. I'll be glad you to buddy. have you with it, Frank.
0: Thanks, man. All right. Two nine bye is the number. If you want to part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we've got Frank again. Good morning, Frank.
3: Good morning, guys. D- this is Good Frank morning. Day.
0: <laughs> Three Franks in a row. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. I was calling in. I was saying I was Cindy. There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: she has a an 07 Volvo S40. Mm-hmm. Uh, got up underneath to check and see if there was, it was some kind of a leak where the uh, windshield sprayer was. But okay. I found that the boot on the CV joint driver's side had a slight leak in it. Okay. Is a spray around?
5: Yeah, right. right.
3: I had to get the part from Volvo. Yes, the, sir. The boot kit mm-hmm. and the shops around. Some of them don't do that because mm-hmm. it's a I want to keep it out of the dealer shop. So what is going to be? It's not. It's not leaking a lot, but I know there's going to come a point where going beyond salvage. Yes, sir. It's going to be the telltale sign that we have to change the whole shaft and just buy the whole... Well, the whole.
0: basically, Frank, once it slings the grease out, then it's going to start to burn the joint up. Now, there's a fair amount of grease, so it would right. take quite a bit of mess before it's going to get to that point and the
1: grease coming out is not as bad as the water and the dirt getting in
0: yeah the hole that lets the grease out can also let water and debris get in and that's probably worse as far as imminent failure i'd say it's a pretty good ways down the road most time they'll leak quite a while before they actually fail but that being said it's not too tough of a job to correct most time you take the axle out of the car take the inner joint off and then you slip the boot on from the other end of the shaft. That way you don't have to take the outer joint off the axle. Some of them that's come, pretty tough.
1: Right. Some of them come off, some of them don't, just depending on the application. Right. Right.
0: Well, I'm gonna change both of them. Take. Okay, could you hold on, Frank? I gotta take a break. Sure. sure. Hang on, we'll be right back after this break.
6: TJ, I've been looking to tone up, man. You have a personal trainer, right?
5: Yes. I've got the guy. Mr. (laughs) Miyago. He's going to teach me how to wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyago's no joke. Oh, sorry. He begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus.
3: Then, launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger hidden badger, fire monkey,
5: flogging duck, and highly agitated dragon. Sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, bruh. Extreme results.
4: Everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for the right automotive guy, it's Ag Automotive. We make it easy, quality repairs, and a staff you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road.
5: You will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese. I think I'm just going to hit the gym, TJ, but thanks.
4: Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Behind it, boy. Hey, welcome back to the
0: Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis alzan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Go ahead and give us a call. It's 291-6901. And we were talking to Frank just before the break. And, Frank, one thing you might check and just see if anyone offers a reman axle for that Volvo. We find that those are generally pretty inexpensive, the remanufactured axles. They come, it's a complete axle assembly with two boots on it, and it's already been all completely cleaned up and remanufactured. You just put it in. It's way, way easier, and you don't have to worry about wear and tear and all that.
1: Just be careful. Do not get a new axle.
0: Yeah. If you see the word new on something in a parts store, that's going to be a knockoff. It's junk. Don't yeah, buy that. they're garbage. Yeah. If you buy a new one from Volvo, that's great, but you're going to probably cough up a grand for that. Rebuilt ones are generally in the $150, 200 neighborhood, and if you could return those two boots and get a reman axle, I think you'd be a whole lot happier.
3: Yeah, I know the new one I can
0: buy for about 450 with the boots.
3: That's from Volvo? From Volvo. Well, well that's
0: online. not bad. That's yeah, not bad. Dealer. Some of them are a lot more expensive than that. Just watch. Don't go online for what they call a new axle because that's right. going to be an aftermarket knockoff, and most of those are absolute trash. I'd much rather a rebuilt yeah, Volvo I've axle. I've seen
3: them for about $80. Yeah, yeah you don't know, Absolute that's garbage. That's you end that. up tearing, but, uh,
0: tearing your transmission up.
3: Yeah, and at this point, there's really not a lot of grease at all. Fox. Yeah, I wouldn't well, get overly have, concerned, I Frank. I have a week to wait until it goes in the shop, and I was thinking, well, I don't want to wait any more than another week.
0: I wouldn't be too, too concerned. Man, I have them come in the shop a lot of times with those things leaking. Like, and we point it out to the customer, mm-hmm. and they say, hey, I'll keep an eye on it. And they come back two years later, and it's still leaking and still don't have any trouble. So. Okay. All but right. It's well, not a real quick-acting thing.
3: Okay. Well, that's... All I
0: have for you.
1: Well, guys. All right, Frank. When it starts going bad, you'll notice it starts making noise, a clicking type noise. Yeah. When you turn Start and accelerate, it'll go clack, 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 clack. Yeah, that means, oh, you're, yeah. That means you're pretty much at the end.
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you very all much. Right, all right. Sir. Thanks for calling, man.
1: Bye-bye.
0: 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would absolutely love to have you. And we've got Joe online. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Lewis. Yes, sir. GMC
3: Envoy. From what you're saying, I could have long-term
1: problems with this car.
0: You would know if that were your problem because the valves would be clattering and it would be really, you really never, missing
1: bad. Right, the tapping noise in the, in it, the top it, end. Yeah,
0: end up throwing a rocker arm or something out like that. But even if it does all that, it's not going to be a long-term issue. Once it's fixed, it's fixed. It's just okay. you have to watch and get it fixed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's uh, what I'm
6: trying
3: to
0: do. Yeah, yeah, not very likely you'd have any kind of long-term consequences from it.
3: Okay, well, like I said, she got it in yesterday to start, and the thing wouldn't start. Really? I held it
6: to the full, mm-hmm. and it cranked off, and it ran rough, rough, mm-hmm. about 30 seconds to a minute, then it leveled
0: up. Yeah, I need so. to just get that in and just see exactly yeah. what's going on with it. Maybe we can get enough of the old fuel out of it, and, you know, just recontaminate it. That's a possibility. I'm
6: going to go ahead and drive it this weekend. Yeah,
0: drive it as much as you can. And, and like I yeah. said, keep adding a quarter tank at a time, quarter tank, quarter tank, quarter tank. That'll dilute what's in there and get you you know, going a whole lot better.
6: Okay, well, right. I'll do that. If I have any more time, I'll
0: bring it in. There you go. Sounds good, Joe. Right, Thanks, man. Bye-bye. 291-6901 is a number. If you want to be part of the automotive I we would love to have you. That issue with the CV joints we uh-huh. were talking about with Frank, that's one of those things that I guess it's like a lot of things. I like to make analogies between your human body and cars a lot because people understand that pretty well. Right. And there are certain diseases and maladies that you might get that you have to jump on them really, really quick because they're going to kill you pretty sure. fast. And there are other things that are very, very, very slow-acting, and you don't have to be so quick to jump up and do something. Right. And this thing with a leaking CV cover is sort of like that. Now, once the boot bursts completely, what happens, number one, it slings all of the lubricant out, which is pretty catastrophic. Uh-huh. And it also allows the grit and grime and dirt and debris and rain to get inside. Well, that's going to fail Clearly, pretty quickly. Sure. But if it's just leaking a little bit of grease, and you see a trace of grease where the joint has spun and it's slinging out, it's got quite a bit of grease, so it's going to take a while to sling it all out. And if it's a very small puncture in the boot, it's probably not going to allow a lot of moisture and water to introduce into the joint.
1: Well, and it could be it's just leaking around the bands also.
0: The bands will sometimes, the boot will start to deteriorate, and the band will get loose. Now, reclamping the band never works because the band didn't just stretch or get loose what happened is the rubber started deteriorating correct and so now the band is loose because where it was holding tight against rubber the rubber is deteriorating and so the space has gotten greater and now it's leaking right so the fix is to go in and replace the whole boot if you try to reclamp the boot what you'll generally do is just crush it and it will go ahead and break right there at the clamp right so one of those things that you don't have to just jump up and quit driving the car and rush out and find the first guy you can to fix it you've got some time with it and there's lots of things that are that way and when that's the case and you have time to kind of research it and make the best possible choice what we do a lot of time on those rather than put new boots on the old joints because a lot of times this is happening up at 120 140 miles so the joints probably have some wear and tear in them anyway. If you can get a remanufactured axle, you're going to get two new joints, The or two remanufactured joints, the outer and the inner with new boots, and all the work and the nasty oh, yeah. messing it's, with that
1: grease is done. That grease is, is a, a thing of its own. I mean, it it gets on you, and you wear it for a couple of days. It just
0: takes on a life of its own. It does. <laughs>
1: and the labor to, to do it, you got to take the axle out of the vehicle in the first place. Mm-hmm. Then you have to chuck it up in vice. You have to disassemble the inside joint all the way down take the boot off then you can get to the outer joint to take the boot off and back in the day before the the remanufactured axles we were actually changing the outer joints that's correct and some of those don't come off the axle some well, of them you have to drive off with a hammer because they got a, a clip in there that holds them together. It's, it's a pretty entailed job. You, you're going to spend a couple hours rebuilding an axle. And it's just a matter of economics.
0: At one time, axles were extremely
1: expensive. When they first, when they first came right. out,
0: you were coughing up eight, nine hundred bucks for a drive axle. Right. Now, Volvo is only four hundred and something. So, I know like with Hondas and stuff, we buy those for two hundred bucks or less from right. Honda. So, they have come way, way down in price it's just not practical to go in and repair let's say we can buy a remanufactured shaft for maybe a hundred and fifty bucks it's not practical to pay a man ninety or a hundred dollars an hour to go in, take this all apart, clean it up, put new boots because you're going to spend fifty sixty bucks on the boots. sure you'll pay him two hours labor to do it, and you could just put a whole.
1: Axle assembly. In there. And what you got to be careful of is if you do happen to get one of those new axles, yeah, the most places will not take those back as a core.
0: Well, that's right. Now you don't even have a core because you've gotten rid of your good axle, which was just worn. So you can take a good, let's say, Toyota, a Honda, or even GM axle. It was a good axle when it was manufactured. It's just the boot has busted. It slung the grease out. And now it's got a problem. So they can go in and repair that, and you've got a GM, Ford, Chrysler, Toyota, whatever axle. When you come in and you make a knockoff axle, you just start out from scratch. Who knows what kind of metals they're using, whether it's hardened, whether it's machined right, whether the tolerances are there. you got basically a piece of junk right from the get-go.
1: Exactly, scrap iron.
0: Yeah, well, not even that. It ain't even good for scrap iron. But a lot of times, once you put it in and it goes bad and you've gotten rid of your old axle, now you have nothing to trade in because most of the quality rebuilders are not going to accept those axles. No, they're not. Because they know they can't rebuild them. They, They wasn't good to start with. So there's nothing there to work on. So now
1: you're stuck with buying another axle and plus a, the core charge. core
0: charge or possibly having to go and buy a new axle. So your cost just goes higher and higher and higher. It's just another one of those instances where the cheapest way out is, is the it? most expensive way in.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking that same thing.
0: It's just a lot, lot, lot cheaper to go ahead and do it right the first time. One thing that's made this just so much worse is the Internet and the Internet's a wonderful thing, and it allows us to do a whole lot of things. But if you don't know what you're looking at, you're not an absolute expert on auto parts. You don't know all the different nuances of them. You can go on to a site, oh, man, I can buy this for $89. Brand new? Lifetime warranty?
1: Exactly. Well,
0: number one, they're not going to be there for the lifetime warranty because they're going to have another website and oh, six Oh, yeah, they're going to fold up. Yeah, they'll be gone, so there's nowhere to send it back. And it may look really great on that website. But when you get it, you got nobody to talk to, you got nobody to help you with it. Most shops are not going to fool with them because they're already wise to this and they right. know that you're going to get mad at them when it keeps going out. So they're not going to even put it in for you. Exactly. So you just got to be very, very, very careful. I remember reading somewhere, he said a little knowledge is a very dangerous thing. <laughs> and what happens is that people gain just a little bit of knowledge. And so they say, Oh, this very, seems very simple. But most things that seem simple, it's just you don't know enough about them. Exactly. Everything is simple if you don't know much about it. The more you know, the more you realize, wow, I had no idea there was so much involved in this. And buying parts is one of those things that it's just an extremely, extremely difficult thing, even for folks who know a lot about it. Right. Because companies change hands all the time, and a quality company that was making a quality part may get a new management structure, and they decide to put a junk part in the box because they know it'll still sell because That's of the brand name.
1: Exactly. That's, that name has been selling for years and years and years and making them money hand over fist. So... Why not put a cheap product in the box and keep charging the same thing? That's, well, that's more profit right. for them.
0: And that happens all the time. And what happens is that the name will continue to sell it for a while. In the interim, they're going to make a killing. Oh, yeah. Because they've cut their overhead to nothing, sold off the factory and put a subdivision up where it used to be, <laughs> fired all the workers, and now they ain't got to pay that. Right. They go offshore, get this piece of junk, throw it in their box. And because people used to use that part and had good luck with it, they just keep buying it. Right. And until everybody figures out, because the average consumer probably buys a certain auto part maybe once in their lifetime. Whereas a shop,
1: whereas a shop buys several times parts a day. Week.
0: Yeah, several, several times. So we're going to catch on to it a whole lot faster. And what we have found out is that most of the time, if you see the words lifetime warranty, look out right you know you're fixing to get it (laughs) because nothing has a lifetime warranty that's usually any good the way they do that is they put a piece of junk in the box that's so cheap that they can afford to keep giving them to you until you'll get tired and go away sooner or later exactly it's like a lifetime warranty on alternate after you change about five of them and
1: you get tired of that yeah if you're lucky it's on top yeah, I, I've seen them. You actually had to drop the engine cradle in a Cadillac <laughs> to get them out. I mean, it's, some of them are nightmare. Well, absolutely, absolutely right. So that's one of those things you actually want to go in there with the best part you can get because you only want to do that job once. That's right.
0: To be maybe this alternator was manufactured in Cleveland, Ohio, and it cost the manufacturer $100 and he sold it to you for $200. So he made $100. Right. Well, now he goes to China. He buys it for $2. He still sells it to you for $200. Exactly. So, I mean, how many can you give you before you get tired and go away? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a lot.
0: <laughs> a lot of them. Every morning, your wife's ragging on you because your car won't start. You're at work. and
1: I'm a big fan of do it once and be done.
0: Oh, yeah. Busting your knuckles up out there every weekend when you couldn't be watching football or...
1: Doing other things. That, going
0: to the park with your kids or something you enjoy. you know, you Changing this old stinky alternator, data, and sooner or later, you're going to get tired. Well, now you don't even have a cord to trade in, so... There. On and on you go. That's it. Just, it's... Just gets worse and worse. Hey, we're going to take our last little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour.
5: Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks standoff Louisiana 1, and you have to buy exactly 50.3 pounds.
4: Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at AGCO Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with AGCO's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use?
5: Oh, I got a seasoning guy, too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok?
4: Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at AGCO Automotive. AGCO, it's the place to go.
0: Hey. Welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altersan, president of Agco Automotive. i got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here by my side. Between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? It's 291-6901. We sure wish you'd call and give us something to talk about. There you go. If
1: you'd like to call from out of the area, you can use a 225 area code, and that number will get you to us from anywhere inside the continental United States.
0: That's right, and we sure wish you would. If you don't get a chance to call in, of course, you can send me an email, and I'll get an answer back to you that way.
1: right. Use the address agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. The contact bar on each and every page is fill out the little form and send it in and we'll get your questions answered and back to you within 24 hours.
0: That's right. If for any reason you don't get an answer back from me right away, check your spam folder and your folders like that because a lot of times, because we send so much email out, some of the Providers like Cox will see us as spam, and right. they will filter it out for you. So if you've got a spam filter, which almost all Cox users do, check your spam folder. Make sure it didn't stick us in there by mistake. And you might call them and just kind of rag on them a little there bit. There you go. I've been doing it for, <laughs> for years, and they don't listen to me too much. Let's go back to the phone lines. With Chris, good morning, Chris. Good morning. Good
5: morning.
3: I have a 13 Toyota that comes with the first two years of free oil changes. Yes, sir but they only do it every 10,000 miles, and I was just curious if if that's something I should take advantage of or change it more frequently. How do you drive
0: the car, Chris? What's your average trip, the length of your average trip?
3: Well, it's around town almost
0: frequently every day, Uh, probably 30, 40 miles a day around town. Well, if going 30, 40 miles, that's not too bad, but if the average trip, you go three or four miles, five miles and stop, then three or four, five miles and stop. That's actually, even under Toyota's guidelines, that's considered severe service, okay? okay, because the engine's not getting hot enough to boil the moisture out. I would be changing closer to 3,000 miles. If you okay. have to pay for your own oil changes, you're going to be so many dollars ahead when you get to 100,000 miles that it ain't going to be funny.
3: Uh, that's what I was thinking. I've been on keeping the vehicle for several years. Absolutely. And, uh,
0: no, I would just change my own oil in between. Go ahead and take advantage of their free one, but just go ahead okay. and change your own in between.
3: All right, that's what I need to know. Thank All you right, very Chris. much.
0: Thanks, man. All right, bye. Bye-bye. 291-6901 is the number. We're going back to line with John. Good morning, John.
3: Yes, good morning. I've got a 2006 Ford F-250 okay. with a 6.0 liter diesel. Okay. I'm going to the dealer, several dealers, because it's broken down on the road, oh, so i got to replace it. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there are things you can do. There are shops out there, John, that specialize in nothing but that one engine It's kept them busy. But it's just a bad design, man. They have nothing but trouble. Go on the internet and just type in six liter four D so you're gonna see a hundred thousand people complaining about that engine. Injectors go out all the time, the E G R coolers go out all the time, all cooler goes out all the time.
3: Every, every injector all right, at least. Probably right. twice.
0: Fick module goes out, that's seven or eight hundred dollars. I mean, it's just a bad design and Ford never owned up to that, but in my opinion, the six four was worse than that, and the six eight ain't no big improvement. If you go back and get you a seven three two thousand two or earlier, you're okay. But man, I tell you, Ford just had a lot, lot of trouble with those engines. Okay, all right, Thank you. okay, man, all right, sir. Bye bye. Two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive I we'd love to have you. And we've got Ed online. Good morning, Ed.
6: Good morning. How are you doing? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Good. I have a problem with my uh, daughter's car. It's a uh, 2006 uh, Pontiac Grand Prix.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: I sent an email to you uh, the other day, and uh, uh, you sent me something back. But just for a little bit more clarification, I'm having trouble with the uh, electrical system. Okay. Uh, the, the ignition call, the number two, number five ignition call, is okay. not getting any to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to know some things I can check on my own before I bring it into a shop. Nothing you're going to check,
0: man. (laughs) I mean, it's got an electronic control module fired by the PCM, fired by the crank trigger, and you can't check any of those.
6: Okay.
3: Okay, I mean, you're going to be
0: way better off, Ed, you're going to spend a pile of money changing parts, and there's nothing there. And not to mention time. Yeah, there's nothing without a knowledge of how it works and the proper tooling that you're going to be able to check. I mean, it's an electronic system. You can't look at it. The only thing you can do, you can swap the calls and see if the misfire moves. But if you've done that, it's not the call. You don't have to buy a call. That's silly. Just swap the call with another call and see if it keeps not firing on the same one. But you got a module underneath it. Those rarely go out. But, again, it could be the crank sensor. It could be the wire going to the crank sensor. It could be the PCM. It could be the ignition control module. You will dump. Two grand on parts, hoping you're going to fix something.
1: It may cause some more problems right. down the road with or the you parts. just
0: go pay somebody $90, bucks, right. let them check and tell you what's wrong with it.
6: Yeah, well, I think I'll be giving you all a call Monday. Oh, yeah, it'd all be right. way
0: cheaper, man. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, man. Thanks for okay. calling. Bye-bye. 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive I we'd love to have you. We got Marie online. Good morning, Marie.
7: Good morning. I have a 03 Chevy Silverado HD 2500 with an 8.1 liter. Okay. My dashboard The speedometer, tachometer, all that stuff goes
0: out. Very common on it. How many miles you got, Marie? Well, the
7: last time it worked, I had
0: about (laughs) 150. Yeah, okay, so you had a warranty. See, there was actually a warranty extension on that up to 80,000 miles because the problem that they have with little stepper motors they use are just a piece of junk, and they go bad. And generally, the speedometer normally goes out first, but it could be any of them. The tachometer acts up, the all-gauge, they all going to go out. Many times we can rebuild those. Not always, because it depends on what fails. If it's just a stepper motors, we can repair those. If the processor goes out or the motherboard is bad, then you have to replace the instrument cluster. But I've had it
7: replaced twice.
0: Really? Well, wow. Yeah,
7: and now if I beat on it, mm-hmm. it sometimes it will sometimes come back on. So I'm thinking there's maybe a
0: short somewhere.
1: This a bad solder It could
0: joint. have a bad solder joint in it just depends on, did you buy them from GM, or you got some kind of aftermarket parts you put in?
7: It was, initially, it was all the warranty work, and it was done through GM.
0: Could be, too, Marie. There's a big connector, like a 20-something pin connector, on the back of that instrument cluster. Since it's been out two times, if someone start trying to check it and front probe any of those connectors, they could have spread the connector out, which will cause that exact same problem. If it had never been messed with before, I'd say it's probably be the instrument cluster, but you're going to need to get somebody who's smart enough to do a little bit of detective work. I would kind of suspect that big connector on the back of the IPC could have got front probed at some point, which spread the connector. It's not making good contact, particularly if you can beat on a dash and it starts working. All the gauges go out at one time?
7: Yeah, they're all, they're all out. Fortunately, there's a speedometer app that I used. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it's not like
0: one gauge and then another gauge. They all go no, out at time. No, it's all the, the gauges,
7: time. but the lights, the warning lights on top, such as the, the engine light, the, mm-hmm. the turn signal indicators, yeah. All those work. It's yeah. just all my
0: gauges. It's probably right. one of those 20-pin connectors has gotten, gotten spread boogered out. up from all the times that it's been in and out. Yeah, that should be able to be repaired, I would think. I mean, you can replace that connector, worst-case scenario. How
7: difficult of a job is that? To uh, about
0: that? an hour to pull it out, but, I mean, you got to diagnose it, so you may end up eating up another hour to try to find the problem. So, you know, two- or three-hour job. Most shops charge anywhere from 90 to to $100 an hour, so that kind of gives you an idea.
7: That's still better and
0: cheap. It's cheaper than a new truck, oh, and I love. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. All right.
7: Well,
6: thank
0: you very much. All right, Marie, thanks calling. All right, bye bye. All right, we're gonna try to grab one more quick call here. We got Mark online. Good morning, Mark.
6: Hey guys, good morning. Real quick, O nine Chevy Corvette, mm-hmm. forty three thousand miles, bone stock, baby dog's life. Mm-hmm. Broke a valve spring.
0: These yeah, is, the it the is vowel... a big block Corvette, Mark.
6: Big block LS three. Yeah,
0: that's pretty common on those. They had some problems with those valve springs. Normally, you can change the valve in the spring, and it'll take care of it. Some people change all the springs, but I'm not sure that's necessary.
6: Yeah, dealer just changed the valve in the spring, so no worries going forward. You don't think they checked the cylinder. All looks good. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, probably not going to have any trouble. That was pretty common on those.
6: Good deal. Thank you, guys. All, all right. right Thanks,
0: Mark. Hey, we're gonna get on out of here. Wanna tell everybody how
1: much we appreciate them listening this morning. Like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to iTunes and Stitcher and give us a written rating. Yeah, really appreciate that. Plus it moves us up in the ratings so more people
0: can listen. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.